You're listening to the God-Centered Mom Podcast with me, Heather McFadden. As the mom to four young boys, I know motherhood's hard, but sometimes I think I make it even harder than it needs to be. I'll worry about my needs being met or I'll spend so much energy trying to make my boys happy that I forget that if I would take my eyes off me and my eyes off my kids and keep my eyes on God, that those desires would grow strangely dim and their contentment would go up as I'm led by his spirit. I also forget that I'm surrounded by God. He is going before me in places that I'm fearful of. He is walking with me on the hard days and he's coming behind me, redeeming any mistake I made. So each week I'll interview a new guest and we'll discuss what it means to be a God-centered mom. Thanks for listening. You're listening to episode 67 of the God Center Mom podcast. Today, I'm chatting with real-life friend Tina Alexander. Tina and I met in a Sunday school class, and we'll tell you more about that in this episode. And Tina, I found out, is a pretty amazing lady. Um, Well, all ladies are pretty amazing in my book, but what I love about Tina is how she's using her gifts in a unique way to engage our culture. You will hear all about her YouTube channel that she started 10 years ago and how it's grown and the places she's been able to go and interact with different people in pop culture. So I am a big fan. If you uh, haven't been listening to the show for very long, you may not know this, but um, if you go to some back episodes, I've done some interviews with, oh, Amanda, Amanda White, and just discussing different movies. Um, I am a have grown up watching movies and love talking about God things through the use of media and what the common culture is drawn to. There's something in every person that is drawn to brokenness and hope and grace and all these themes that recur in movies. So uh, we haven't had a movie episode in a while, and I want to to record one with Amanda soon. But in lieu of that, this week I am interviewing Tina, and I hope you enjoy our conversation. Now, we do mention some very secular things in the show. Does not mean I'm promoting them. I'm not telling you to go watch them. Uh, It's just part of our conversation and how some of these things can point us to truth. So I hope you enjoy it. Here we go. Hey, Tina, welcome to the God Center Mom podcast. Thanks for having me. (laughs) Okay, it's another one of my real life friends, another mom who I see regularly. So it's fun. It's it's really fun for me to have like normal people on the show (laughs) that I know, like that I, you know, shared the hallway of church and tears and all that kind of stuff with. So it's fun. Okay, so Tina and I were um, in us, we go to church together and we're in a class together and it was a class our church offered that was like not the normal you know history of the church or we're going to study Ephesians it was called engaging the culture and was it a summer class I think it was yes it definitely was because I went to comic-con in the middle of it okay so it kind of like maybe they were like oh it's summer we can throw something in like yes. engaging the culture, <laughs> kind of like we're on vacation or something, like we can be sillier. I don't know. Yes, yes. Um, but <laughs> yeah, so, you know, it's always interesting who joins that kind of a class. And there was Tina. Mm-hmm. And I had no idea. 
I had no idea. Like, I'd seen you, and you just, you know, cute mom that I passed in the hallway. <laughs> and you're like, all these fabulous thoughts when we talk about movies. And it was a great class, and we'll get in more to that later. But I did not, I just did not know that you were a movie person. Love movies. Huge movie person. Like, yes. <laughs> how, where did that start? Like, from your parents, or what, what's yes, the backstory you know, on that? Yeah, that's a great question. I don't, I don't know. No, neither of my parents are, are really, really into movies. In fact, I'm dragging them to the movies. I, it was something that we would do with my mom um, and my sister growing up. I guess you know it was a night out, um, mm-hmm. something fun for the three of us. But no, I think it, I think it started more like into college, and um, and I'm, I'm an English major, uh, English literature, and okay. I have always loved. If I ever went back and got my master's, would want to do something. Um, kind of like literatures and literature and movies or liter- you know literature themes and movies and things like that I've always thought of movies as kind of a form of you know literature entertainment um, different different way to look at it I guess <laughs> another way to tell a story right yes exactly exactly and how what I loved in that class which we could um, we might as well just go into now yeah. is how they showed us the arc of a story. Mm-hmm. the redemptive arc and the conflict and um, how there's some crisis and then there's the resolution and redemption and yes. how we can take even the Bible, you know, and, and see that arc um, and then apply it to uh, most movies. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And the, I really feel like, like the themes, like you said, redemption, themes of grace and forgiveness and sacrifice are all over secular media. And, um, I just, I love seeing that. I love seeing those kind of themes in, in movies that my, you know, friends who don't go to church, um, are going to see, and we can engage in a conversation about things like forgiveness and sacrifice. Yeah. And I think it's like opening your eyes to the fact that we can we can look at a movie that the world is drawn to and say, okay, what is it in that movie that they're craving? They're they're craving something and that movie is like filling the need, right? Yes. Yes, absolutely. What are, what are they, um, what touches them and why, why does it touch so many people when a movie is hugely popular, a TV show is hugely popular. What is it about that? That's drawing the culture in, um, and I, I just, that fascinates me. I love that. <laughs> yeah. Well, because even, I mean, it's a secular TV show that, you know, I don't, I think I wouldn't recommend it to my parents, right, to watch. And yeah. it's very controversial is Breaking Bad. Yes. And um, apparently I looked into it and I almost wrote like a whole blog post on it and then I didn't and whatever, whatever. And some bolder <laughs> bloggers did. But mm-hmm. the guy who started it, didn't he like, he wanted to address the concept of sin and consequences? Really? I did not know that. Oh, yeah. Like he and, – and you can see it in all the characters. Yes. Every character struggles with some aspect of sin. Now, they don't say sin, but it's right. obvious they have some brokenness or something that's not right in them, and it's mm-hmm. driving them, and then they each have a consequence because of it. Yeah, the destruction of their <laughs> – Yes, and the yeah. Breaking Bad title is this – chemistry teacher who ends up being a drug lord who ends up like destroying his whole family structure Absolutely. um and just there's like <laughs> no redemption no no <laughs> yeah yeah that's awesome i did not know that um, yeah that's really cool <laughs> yeah yeah i mean the, 
but it's a series again that like widely so popular mm-hmm. something in it is drawing people to it now right. un, you know it is secular and so we can't expect people who are not believers to act like believers so right. there's right. a lot of stuff in it that is not holy or righteous or good <laughs> but yeah. you know it is yeah. the you know the way people are but mm-hmm. that theme and that like ability to look at entertainment with those eyes is it was such a gift from that class. Absolutely. Don't you think? And like, oh, yeah. were you there at church when um, the guest pastor came in and was talking about how Paul went into um, into a city and kind of met them where they were culturally? Yes, I think so. I do sh- remember that. And yeah. shared the gospel. And he it was like he didn't, he even used their words. Oh, I <laughs> wish I could pull that up and find it. Maybe I can find a clip from my notes, but it was okay. so striking to me how he said everyone can admit that there's something broken in their life. Right. Right. We can all relate to that. <laughs> we can all relate to that and say that, okay, that the hope that I have for you comes in a person and then that you can bring in Jesus. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So and, and, go ahead. No, I was going to say it's a, it's a, it's a desperate a desperate need in secular media like, you know, the majority of people that you meet are, are not necessarily believers and um, very much entrenched in <laughs> all of those things, the breaking bad and that sort of stuff. So it's, it's really, there's lots of room for conversation and, you know, I can't, I can't come at them with some sort of Christian media, but I can come at them with something they've seen like breaking bad or Dr. Who or <laughs> yeah. Any of these things where those themes are explored and we can talk about that kind of thing. Yeah. I mean, and it's, it is really interesting how um, sometimes the church, as a church, we sometimes miss it because um, we're stuck on the moral front mm-hmm. to the point where we draw a line and we say, okay, if you're involved in entertainment in any way, L.A. or movies, then you have entered the world of evil. Right. And so I think I heard, um, oh my goodness, who's Buster Bluth, uh, what's his name? Hale, Tony mm-hmm. Hale. Is that his name? Yeah. He was speaking at something and I heard him and he was just kind of commenting on when he was in New York, he created this like safe space for people who were in on Broadway or doing things, um, and in the entertainment industry who were also believers who had been shunned by their churches. Oh my goodness. <laughs> yeah. He basically wow. created this like support group for those people who naturally were gifted in performance mm-hmm. or in some kind of art or creative place. And right. he was like, let's gather so we can support one another and um, keep going because our families have said, no, I'm not going to be a part of that. Our churches have said, I'm not going to be a part of that. Gosh. Right. And then yeah. you see the church wanting to be a game player and create mm-hmm. movies and entertainment that's captivating and telling a story, but we just shunned all the people that were really talented. <laughs> yes. Not a good plan. Not a good plan. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right? Yes, that is so true. That so, is so true. Yeah. So it's okay. Like for you, you started off in English lit. Oh, we can accept that. Right. 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 <laughs> Come on, Tina, with English lit. But then have you found any shunning now that you're doing a secular thing? No, I do get asked a lot, you know, if, if it is Christian 
are the cartoons we're producing Christian? Um, are they, you know, is my kid's channel with the kid's content? Is it, is it Christian content? And, um, it's not, it's, it's all secular. And I, I do think I I've seen some pushback there, I guess, but no, not shunned. I think, especially at our church, Heather, like yeah. everybody is, is really great about, you know, engaging, <laughs> engaging the culture. In, yes. Yeah. Yes. The secular culture for sure. Yeah. But I think that, you know, as moms, as we're seeing our kids and maybe they're not choosing sports, you know, mm-hmm. maybe they're just mm-hmm. not, maybe they're really talented with verbal expression or creativity to really like foster that and see that God is the creator. <laughs> we are made in his image. Yes. Yes. And, um, yeah. Oh, my oldest son, for sure. Um, I think I, I, we, we've talked about getting him into some sort of acting camp or, or Mm -hmm. something along those lines. And I mean, acting isn't any more or less Christian than football or (laughs) soccer or any of those things. Yeah. Right. And then on that boy spectrum, you know, it's like we automatically assume, oh, if you're going into acting, then, well, you (laughs) know, (laughs) yes, you can't, you can't. Be a man who will be married someday to a woman if you are an actor. That doesn't make sense. Why do we make that assumption? I don't know. I don't know. That doesn't make any <laughs> sense to me. There's a lot of male actors yes. that yes. Um, are married to women and, you know, whatever. We don't want to go on that track. But <laughs> but I think that as moms, you know, really looking at what they're interested in and, and fostering that so that they could, for God's glory, be producing really great things. Right. Secular Absolutely. or not. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and then just being in that world, you know, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I think we, I, I love that he created that support system in New York, but also, you know, hope that they're going from there filled and refreshed and then back into that world so that yeah. they can, yeah, meet other people where they are. Well, yeah, he, he even said like, then he moved to LA to make, um, Arrested Development and, I think that's where they filmed it. Maybe they filmed it in Arizona. I don't know. Wherever he went. Then he's like at these parties and he said it was so interesting. These people are so like just blank, like nothing, you know, like they're just like empty people that he's meeting and just trying to shine a light, you know, to this world that's just totally lost. Yeah. I met him at the Streamy Awards. Um, Oh, Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He's a fan of how it should have ended. We were kind of all floored because at the time we were watching – Arrested Development on DVD, and we're like, oh, my gosh. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's so fun. So, okay, so tell us how did you start How It Should Have Ended? Like, where where do you go from being an English lit major to doing this? Well, you know, because of my passion for movies, um, I met a group of friends in my second year here in Dallas, so like 11, 12 years ago, and (laughs) um, we – we started making live action films together for um, small film festivals here in Dallas. Uh-huh. And okay, um, even that's cool. Like you just meet some friends and you start making films. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> well, one, one was kind of an art director and, and she works in advertising now. One was a cinematographer and, um, you know, now he's, he's really picked up on that career and is busy with that. And then the other was Daniel Baxter, who I, I do how it should have ended cartoons with, and he wanted to be a director. And so, um, I kind of took the producer role and we all wrote together and, um, we just sort of did this. Um, and I, I became a producer solely because of my type A personality, not because I have any background in it whatsoever, but I'm the one that's going to be deadlines and schedules and <laughs> all of that stuff. Which you have to have with a bunch of creatives around. Yes. You got to yes, have somebody yes. who's like, rein it in, guys, rein it in. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Um, so we did that and then, uh, 
like I said, our, my close friends, Mark and Stephanie Fisher, who were the other, um, two people involved, um, their careers really got busy and took off. And Daniel, in addition to wanting to be a director is also an artist. Um, and he kind of started drawing things and, uh, you know, scanned them into his computer. This was a decade ago and, uh, started animating the pieces and just kind of taught himself. And he was really doing it for fun. And, um, he and another mutual friend of ours kind of came up with the idea of, of creating alternate endings to movies. And when he had made, I think, two or three of these cartoons, I said, look, I will fund a website to put these up. Um, mm. This was before YouTube. Um, <laughs> it's crazy to think of a world without YouTube. What? And, um, yeah. Nuts. Nuts. And so uh, I became um, a partner at that point. And then Daniel and I have just been uh, writing them and uh, producing them really as a hobby until about 2009. And then uh, we partnered with stars, the cable channel, and they gave us some funding for Daniel to quit his job and, and do it full time. And, uh, and then kind of the rest is history. It took a long time to build though. I get a lot of, of young kids now asking like, I want to have a YouTube channel. How did I, how do I do it? How do I become famous? And I'm like, you stick at it for a long time. Yeah. <laughs> you, you don't give up. It took us probably six or seven years to get a hundred thousand subscribers. Um, and then now we're at, you know, just in the last three or four years at, uh, you know, four and a half million. So it, it's kind of snowballs, but it takes a long time to get to that first milestone. I mean, that's just like those numbers, four and a half million people <laughs> yeah. with like almost a billion views. Yes. We're hoping that we will hit a billion views this summer. We're very excited about that. Yeah. So. When everyone's out of school and they have nothing to do and they're just like on YouTube all day. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so yeah. over, I'm looking over 180 videos. Yes. Right. That's right. Wow. That's right. Wow. Yeah. yeah. It okay. is. It's crazy. It's a lot of movies. And I, you know, I always tell people, um, when they're going to the channel for the first time, we are how it should have ended. So don't watch it if you haven't seen the movie. <laughs> so we, we don't spoiler alert. Like, spoiler. Don't spoiler. say spoiler every single time. Yeah. Yes, we don't. <laughs> wow. But, and then in, you guys just launched a new kids channel that you kind of already mentioned already this yeah. year. So at your, yeah. it's like your 10 year mark. Yeah. And it was, uh, our 10 year mark is actually this July, okay. up this July. And, um, YouTube approached us because they wanted to expand their family entertainment and they were working to create this safe space, um, for mothers, um, and, or for parents in general to give their kids, um, because YouTube's kind of a big, scary place. I, yeah. I know, no, I know. Yeah. You know. <laughs> I don't really let kids, my kids go to YouTube Yeah, free, we, and I say, don't hit any other videos, no other videos. No other, yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. We had to, you know, my oldest son is really into Minecraft and there's so many Minecraft videos. Yeah, but those crazy call. I mean, oh. they like, you don't even want to know what they say. No, I yeah. know. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So, um, so they did, they, they launched, uh, just a month ago, a, a YouTube kids app, um, for iPhone and Android. And, and so in a preparation for that, they had been reaching out to some of their more popular creators and saying, you know, is this a space that you would want to create a second channel in? And um, it just was a perfect fit because um, Daniel and our other animator, Chris, um, both come from working in uh, children's entertainment at a church. And uh, we had several other friends who wrote um, for children's content um, 
at a church as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we kind of just reached out to them and said, Hey, would you be interested in writing? And, uh, kind of wanted to have our hizzy spin on the content. So we're doing what we, we have a series called fixed fairy tales where we're changing the ending to the fairy tales. Those and are hilarious. Yes. And, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> and, uh, and then we're doing some music. It gave me a chance to partner with my um, brother-in-law uh, who is a music pastor in Corpus Christi, but he writes children's songs. And uh, so that's been really cool. And uh, it's really kind of my passion project. Um, being, being a mom and, and wanting to have content for them, um, that, that I approve of and <laughs> that's safe and, well, and that you go ahead. Oh, I would say the YouTube kids app is actually right now, um, being handpicked. So the content on it is actually picked by a human being. It's not an algorithm. And so they're actually watching it and choosing what goes in the app. So, um, that's nice. <laughs> that's yeah, I was just going to ask you, I'm glad you said, I was going to ask you about the YouTube app cause you kind of said it, but then I'm like, that's new information to me. I did not know there was a YouTube yeah. kids app. Yes. That's they just, awesome. just launched it. Yeah. Yeah. That's um, awesome. And they reached out to you guys. That's really great. Yeah. Yeah. We love it. Cause our, our, how it should have ended content is, um, we call it like squarely PG. Uh, it's, it's not, necessarily for kids. We definitely parody rated our movies. Um, our content's not rated R, but the movie might be. And so obviously I let my sons watch our frozen, how it should have ended or toy story. Toy story. Yes, yeah. exactly. Um, but since some of them, we, we don't, you know, I'm not going to let them watch the 300. <laughs> nah, nah. Or yeah. Jurassic park or right. Right. Yeah. Exactly. No, they're, yeah, there's definitely, they're not, I mean, they're all drawn, so it's not like the real stuff. No. But yeah, they're not really kids stuff. And exactly. I think on your kids' channel, you link to some of your how it should have ended that that are kid okay. They're yes. kid okay. Yeah, yes. yeah. Yes. So you have the different fairy tales. You have the music. Then you have um, how to draw things for kids yes. to kind of which it goes back to what we were already saying. If your child is creative and maybe has a skill in drawing, mm-hmm. kind exactly. of reinforce that. And then you have the um, kid bits. Love them. So yes, <laughs> that's so funny. Also a favorite of mine. Cause I started recording my son when he was three. Now he's eight. And so, um, we have just some hilarious audio from him and I've since reached out to, to other, other parents and, and Heather, we could feature one of your sons. if you want. <laughs> I don't know what day it was. We had some day off. Maybe it was spring break. I don't know. Yeah. We sat here in my closet with my mic uh-huh. and, um, I was like, okay, guys, you get this opportunity. Tina said, if you record something good, we could have our own kid bit on how it should have ended. And they were like, really? And I was amazed the different, like, boy responses. Yes. Like, my oldest, who I thought would be the best, he was shut down. He was like, total fear. Like, no way, Jose. I don't even know what I would say. I I cannot do that. You can't make me do that. And I was like, okay, this is fun. Right. So, no pressure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the five-year-old yeah. was the only one who like did something, but it's, I'm not sending it to you because <laughs> it's not up to par. I'm, I'm not, not going to put you in that position. <laughs> um, but they really want you to do a, a big hero six, how it should have ended. Okay. We feel okay. like there's a lot of holes that could be filled. Like, Interesting. like what, okay. how, like why did, um, Baymax, like, why didn't he just hold on to the thing when he pushed with his hand? Yes. And, and then he could have lived. 
Yes. Yes. Or, Kids are so smart. My son said the same thing. We just, his birthday was this last Friday and that's what he wanted to watch for his birthday. And, and he said the same thing. He could have held on with the other hand. Yeah. And, and, yeah. And it, they're like, at what point did he put the little card in his hand? Yes. Like, how did he have time to do that? And then we thought it'd be funny if like Hero doesn't see it ever. Like he's like an old man oh, and he doesn't know that the card's in there the whole time. <laughs> and so he doesn't make a new Baymax ever and he's like on his deathbed and like his grandkids find it. They're like, hey, grandpa, what's this? And he's like, are you kidding me? <laughs> All the tragedies had in his life. He doesn't he doesn't get a break. Oh, yeah. my gosh. Yeah, that's great. That's yeah. great. That's, so, that's something we do sometimes. It's not it's not always a happy ending. <laughs> not always a happy ending. Like, yeah. seriously, like because sometimes, you know, they spin it so happy. and You're like, that's not realistic. Yeah. I know it's a kid's movie, but that's not realistic. That's not realistic. Yeah. So the kids, but if you guys didn't catch on, it's audio recording of her kids or some other people's kids. And then they like draw or do some sort of animation clips of what the kid's saying. Yes. yes. So a it's, child. It's dis- like, yeah. Go ahead. Do you remember when, when we were young and I think kids still do it now where you'd cut pictures out of magazines yeah. and you'd slap them on something and you created this like collage it's it's kind of collage animation we're oh, taking yeah yeah okay real like toy images and then and then moving them around with whatever the kids say and they're they're crazy crazy stories so <laughs> like the angry birds they just think that's so funny the description <laughs> of angry birds is, you got to check that out i'll put links to all this stuff in the show notes for sure for sure awesome. okay so what are some of the coolest opportunities you've had getting to this size on youtube and kind of blowing it up. Right, right. As a um, channel. Well, I mean, as you know, we go to the San Diego Comic-Con every year. I think this summer will be our eighth year. Um, wow. And so getting getting to do that, I mean, San Diego's beautiful, but getting to see kind of that is like the mecca of pop culture. Yeah. Um, and, and so getting to see early screenings of things and, and uh, you know, engaging with our, our fans and uh, – introducing ourselves to new people is, is always a really, really cool opportunity. And, um, that's a lot of fun. I'm, I'm kind of a geeky girl, but I think that <laughs> Comic-Con has grown so much that it, it really appeals to everybody now. Do you it, it dress has- up? Do you dress up in an outfit? I have in past years. I haven't in probably the last three or four years. I might this summer though, because we're talking about creating a villain pub, which is one of our series of, it's, it's like a place where all the villains go and hang out. And so we might, um, we might actually do that as well. <laughs> dress up ourselves. <laughs> I was just going to say, now that you're more professional, like you probably don't dress up, but then you yeah. said you're going to now. So I couldn't I, say I, that. You know? yeah. yeah. Now you are. Now you are going to dress up. Uh-huh. I, I gotcha. Because there's a superhero cafe. Yes, there's a superhero cafe where they go and and have coffee. Um, And then, then, yes, the villains are are more night owls. So so they have a pub where they hang out. So (laughs) where the emperor, the emperor from Star Wars is the is the bartender. So, (laughs) oh, my gosh, because evil in the dark, right? Evil in the dark. Of course. Of course. Good. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's a lot, you know, this obsession with superhero movies lately, right? Mm-hmm. This oh, battle yeah. of good versus evil. Yes. Is yes. kind of a good thing. You know, it's a good thing for our kids, I think. Yes. It, it opens. Yeah. So many conversations um, about that kind of stuff. And 
uh, I discovered your series where you, you offer great questions to ask kids that I hadn't even thought of, like with the Lego movie and things like that. So, um, but yeah, I mean, we, we could, we could see a super move, superhero movie every month this summer, probably. <laughs> that's how many are coming out, huh? That's how many are coming out. Well, I heard like during the uh, Oscars, just all the like flack from movie makers, <laughs> just so annoyed. Yes. So annoyed that America is obsessed with these yes. like no brain action movies. Um, but, you know, one thing I've noticed in some movies lately with kids is how the bad guy's not really bad. He's just misunderstood. Yes, that's so true. You talked about Big Hero 6 and yeah, and, you know, here's this guy who's just broken up because he's he lost his daughter. Um, and so that is really interesting theme. <laughs> yeah, and they, they just watched the movie Home, which I didn't go with them, so I don't really know much about it. But um, I was talking to my son. He's like, yeah, and there's this bad going but guy going after him. But they found out that he was just trying to help his people. And I was like, again, yeah. the bad guy is not really bad, right. which I think is our culture. Like, don't make assumptions of people, know their whole story, which is true. Yes. Yes. That no is very- one is too far gone to be redeemed. And I think yes. that that is true. But there is a legitimate evil in the world. Right. That, right. you know, we we have to recognize is in each of us. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not just a bad guy. No, there, there's an enemy. and There's just sin <laughs> yeah. and brokenness and evil in the world. It can, it can resonate in a person. Yes. And it can be just cancer. Yes. And it can be, um, you know, the bad guy, Satan. I mean, it can just be like evil. And so um, it's, it's interesting that that's what culture is kind of going to. Like give right. everybody a chance, get to know their story before you draw conclusions. You know? Right. right. Even that Darth is- Vader, though, like, you know. <laughs> misunderstood totally (laughs) Anakin got bamboozled that's really what happened that's really what happened (laughs) the emperor evil evil to the core (laughs) down to the bone yeah he just he and you know what's interesting about him is how he just embodies him like he looks so normal yeah and slowly he just gets uglier and uglier and uglier like he has to like cover himself up that that yeah that to me is just like I feel like what happens to me like when I'm in a bad place Mm-hmm. And like I'm just not, not yeah. filled with the spirit, and it just shows on my face. Yeah, and yeah. like I catch a glimpse of myself in the mirror, and I'm like, whoa! Oh yeah! Oh, oh my yeah. heavens! We need it. Yes. We need we need some praise. Or when music. your kids catch it, that's like I've 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 been called mommy monster before by my my son. <laughs> that's kind of heartbreaking. You're like, oh uh, yeah, I apologize. Mommy was just a monster. Yeah. <laughs> Monster. We we need to we need to pray for your obedience and mommy's patience right now. Right. <laughs> Second. Well, when you well, said they catch it, I feel like sometimes I see them how they treat each other and I'm like, oh, I know where you oh. got that. <laughs> yeah. Yes. That so sounds true. very familiar. Yes. That sounds yes. very familiar. Well, um, so one a little quick question before we go. Mm-hmm. You do this and you are mom. How much time of your day? Do you spend on this? Like, is this a full-time job, part-time job? Uh, it, it grows. It's, it's grown over time. So um, we went full-time when Jack was two. And uh, I was actually living in Cincinnati because John was there for his fellowship. And so um, Daniel and I did all our writing uh, cross-country over the phone and, and via the internet. And then, um, so that was, you know, just a couple hours a day during nap time. Mm. 
And, and that's been, that was pretty consistent for those first few years, but I would say over the last three years, it's grown a whole lot more. And, uh, now I work three days a week. So Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, I'm actually in an office in Dallas. Um, we, we just got an office this last April and, uh, and then Thursday is Caleb day. (laughs) Yes. Mommy Caleb day. Yes. Caleb day. Um, and then I usually work a half day on Friday. So it's, it's grown quite a bit. And when I say I work full time, it's nine to three, it's it's during mom's day out. So (laughs) I have pretty good hours. Yeah. But I mean, it still requires some coordination and I'm sure like some moms listening, what have you found to be the hardest with that growth? What's the biggest challenge? Yeah, for me, I think it was uh, letting go of guilt because when my oldest son was uh, was Caleb's age, he was maybe going to one day a week of mom's day out. Mm. Um, and so really having to kind of release that and, and, and make this choice and know that I want to do it, but dedicate the time to Caleb when I'm with him. And yeah. I, I felt like I could be a better mom if I actually t- put him in school three days a week and, and focused all of my energy and time on my job during that. And then at three o'clock, um, could be a full-time mom instead of this sort of like awkward balance yeah. <laughs> where, I where I felt that. like my kids saw me on my computer all the time or saw me with the phone in my hand all the time, mm-hmm. um, in order to keep up with stuff. And so just having to really kind of compartmentalize both. Um, and then also I feel like I have to give myself a lot of grace all the time. Things don't get done and that's okay. (laughs) You know, I have the next day I wake up the next morning and, and, you know, I try to check a few more things off the list. And so just a a lot of grace, um, that, that I'm not going to be perfect at anything and (laughs) that that's okay. Amen. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, they were watching the Muppet show last night and they're the end. They're like, everything's perfect. Everything. And Watts goes, that is not true. Oh. He's like, only God is perfect. I wow. Like, well, I think it's just a song and they're really happy that it all worked out in the end. I don't yes. think they're saying it's actually everything is perfect, but you're right. Yes. Good theology, buddy. Only yes, God is yes. perfect. Yeah. If <laughs> I could just remember that. Only God is perfect. <laughs> Exactly. Oh my God, it's perfect. Well, thank you, Tina, for being with us today. I really appreciate it. I will definitely have links to all this stuff so people can check out your great work. And um, Awesome. Thank you so much, Heather. New endeavors. Having- it was really cool to chat with you. Yes, loved it, loved it. All right, adios. Well, I hope you all enjoyed a little bit of a change up in our normal interviews. I hope you uh, learned a few things. Maybe you were inspired to view pop culture a little differently. Maybe you have that child who is creative and you um, didn't know what to do with that and how to handle that. So uh, I just wanted to take a second uh, at the end of this show to thank a few people who have left some reviews on iTunes. It just helps so much so that people can find this podcast, I'm amazed every week the emails I'll get about, you know, I just happened to find you. This was the first time I listened. God spoke to me through this. I love that God can use the internet in amazing ways and his Holy Spirit can lead people. And you can help do that by leaving a review. I know it sounds silly, but the more reviews there are, the more iTunes tells people about this podcast. And there's a lot of junk out there. I would love if women and moms were 
drawn to hear more about God and to think more about him in their day and to put him center of their lives. So let's do the shout outs. Uh, thank you, A. Grissom29. Again, she stumbled on this podcast. She cleans houses and listens to music and sermons, and she found the God Center Mom podcast. Um, I am so thankful. Um, she enjoyed the color method episode, um, which will help her study God's word. I'm so thankful. Katie Diane, uh, stay-at-home mom to two little ones. I'm glad you're finding spiritual encouragement and that you look forward to each episode. Um, and t- uh, T-Mom99, I'm glad you enjoy my laid-back style. Uh, do not try to do that. That just happens. That's just my personality, I guess. And better half chats. Um, thank you for your note. I'm glad you've been listening for months now and that you've learned about a lot of new resources. I'm thankful to get to interview so many fabulous authors and creators of new things. Ebenezer 712. Oh, I love Ebenezer's. Um, thank you for listening and for your review. Um, I, I, what I love about what you said was that so many of the guests help you understand yourself and piece together how God has made you for your own story. Um, listening to other stories has helped you with your story. I love that. H. Crane, uh, congratulations being a new mom. And I'm glad you loved Wendy's advice in the last episode. Um, and if, I know I already announced the winner. Kim Jones won the devotional. But y'all, if you have, if you buy one devotional or Bible study this year, it should be living so that. I mean, it's just amazing how it gets me in God's word. And I hope, I hope you're able to purchase that or ask her for a birthday present or anniversary or Mother's Day or <laughs> any time that someone wants to buy you something. I would ask for that because it's a really great resource. And then lastly, Carla uh, Bomar, thank you for your review. Um, that I'm so glad Wendy's message was an answer to prayer and that you are going back to God's word for help. Y'all, it's a good thing when you leave these reviews. It helps you be a part of this ministry. I'm so appreciative. And I hope you just all have a great day. Thanks so much. Bye. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the God-Centered Mom podcast. If you're looking for more resources on how to replace me with he, go to godcenteredmom.com. That's where you'll also find show notes with any links mentioned by our guest. I want you to really understand and know that God is just as present while you are washing dishes at your kitchen sink as while you are worshiping him in a church pew. He sees your service to your family and he is pleased. As it says in Zephaniah 317, the Lord your God is with you. He is mighty to save. He takes great delight in you. He will quiet you with his love and he will rejoice over you with singing. Have a great day.